Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners and resident-owned communities, brought to you by Rock USA. I'm Paul Bradley. And I'm Mike Bullard. We have a great guest today, Ron Palmer, the board president of Lakeville Village in Geneseo, New York. He's here to talk about a wide variety of things, including the brand new solar array in their resident-owned community. Yes, this solar project is an impressive feat for their community, and I can't wait for our listeners to learn about Lakeville Village's commitment to keeping the energy local. Let's jump right in. A lifelong native of Geneseo, Ron Palmer moved into Lakeville Village with his wife in 2016 after a long career of executive management and business development professions in the area that included a stop as director of business development for a local network of car dealerships. Currently, Ron serves as the pastor of the Allens Hill and Candace United Methodist Churches. An active member of the board of directors at Lakeville Village since he moved in, Ron first served as assistant treasurer and is now the board president, a role he was elected to just last fall. In his free time, Ron and his wife are avid golfers and spend a great deal of time enjoying the company of their grandchildren. Ron, thanks so much for joining us today on Ownership Matters. To start off, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Lakeville Village. Well, actually, uh, Lakeville Village is um, in upstate New York, and we are close to uh, Letchworth Park. Most folks know the beautiful Gorge area, and our town itself is actually a college town. SUNY Geneseo is here, and uh, we are at the north end of uh, Canisius Lake, one of the Finger Lakes, and it's a gorgeous area all year round. So it's just a wonderful place to live. Actually, I grew up here. I've uh, been here all my life, other than a stint in uh, California for business for a few years in Southern California. I'm retired from the auto industry as an executive manager. And I just have, um, when we had a home uh, not far from here that was bigger than what we needed, same with anyone who's headed into retirement. And uh, we found this community that was just perfect for us. We came in and uh, it was very well manicured and uh, it was just very appealing when we came in. That was an important part of our decision in coming here. Thanks for sharing that. You were recently elected board president, so congratulations. Can you tell us a little bit about your leadership path at Lakeville Village? I've been on the board uh, since I came in. I came in in uh, October of 2016 and by the springtime I was on as an assistant treasurer. It's one of those things uh, coming from an executive management uh, background. Sometimes we can talk about a lot of things, but in order to get in and roll your sleeves up, that's how you really get it done. Too many people talk and not enough action. And quite frankly, that's one of the things, uh, the messages that I put across to the community here. As president, I started doing a monthly newsletter that comes, uh, that is very pointed towards uh, doing not just talking, but doing and helping one another. And we're a family, we're a community. Ron, any specific examples of projects or community-wide decisions? Coming in as assistant treasurer on the board to begin with, that was one of the first things that uh, I had a chance to sit down with our treasurer, who is fantastic at what she does. But we were able to drill down and create line items and uh, things that were important and take a look at expenses where we could cut, you know, what is actually important. We had meetings to determine what the order of importance is. So the community was all on board 
it's one of those things, once again, where the management background, whenever we were going to make any adjustments or take a look at anything of any real consequence, made sure I had a conversation with most every community member. That way, after the fact, when decisions were made by the board and things were done, we could always uh, revisit that. If there was a question later on, or quite frankly, a complaint, where were you? You've been invited to the board meetings, and when we had the Zoom meetings, the link is out there, everyone. So anything that we're doing, it's important for complete transparency. And the other part of that is uh, setting our goals. A few years back, we sat and we did uh, come up with one-year, three-year, and five-year goals. When I came in, there was actually a lot of talk about borrowing money for the infrastructure to do all the roads at once. Well, as it turns out, our cash flow and how we looked physically, um, we could actually amortize that. So we set up a plan every three years, we rotate and do a new road. And the other part of it, you know, first and foremost for the community was that that our HOAs, I call them HOAs. Now, some developments call them lot rents and different things like that, but how we see things ourselves and how the community sees us is very, very important. So there's a difference between the words lot rent, and I see a trailer even with two wheels under it, you can pull it, and an HOA, because it is, you know, it is uh, an HOA, it's an assessment that covers our, you know, the garbage, the snow plowing, and, and does, you know, everything, and provides a bit of income for the development to take care of the things that are necessary. So Converting the thought process from a trailer park to a manufactured home development has been key. So people have a higher thought process of themselves. Because if you've been to our, into our community, we have two different people in our community that the Geneseo Garden Club does. They do tours of their homes and garden areas. So these are things, once again, that build up the community. And there's a a sense of, of pride in, in what we have. So that is impressive. Ron, you just spoke and touched on so many issues. I'm really looking forward to pairing your appearance here on Ownership Matters with Kim Capen, who we've had on recently, uh, the president of the Medville Cooperative. He spoke of many of the same issues, and the two of you are a perfect bookend. It's wonderful to hear. I want to call out for our listeners a couple of leadership gems that uh, Ron mentioned, and you're going to hear in Kim's interview as well, is just the importance of communication and full transparency. Kim really talked about that, Ron, as really central to his leadership and central to community engagement. And it sounds like you've experienced some of the same in terms of how you've approached community-wide goal setting. I'd love you to talk for a moment, just really concretely, how did you as the president go about engaging the community? What are the variety of ways that you've engaged the members at uh, Lakeville? It's interesting the way you phrase that question in that, how did you as president? First and foremost, I think everyone needs to see each other as important residents, important parts of the community. If one person or just the board is doing the work in the community, it dies out in a hurry because there's too much to do. So I come to the point in what you're 
saying to me is that uh, having each person take responsibility for their area and where they are and taking pride in, in what they do is key. It isn't just one person or the five people that we have on the board. It is the whole community. And that transparency, whenever there's anything that is discussed, our secretary, Lynn, puts the minutes out on, on the web and set, well sends out the email to everyone. And beyond that, anyone who, and we are in over 50, 55 communities, so anyone who does not have the internet, we send a hard copy in the mail. So if they open the mail, they'll, you know, they, they get to read it, they get to see it. But once again, it, it's that sense of community that's most important, that it's not just one person or a, a board's thing to do. It, it is, it's all of us coming together. If you see something, say something. But more importantly, if you see something, do something. Absolutely. Always the case. Communication, communication, communication. Wonderful, Ron. Let's go a little bit further into Lake Village's big news here with the new solar array. Let's go back and just talk, uh, how did the idea for this project come about? And you know, what was the motivation for the village to pursue such a big project? Well, it was interesting uh, because it was before I got here, actually, there's a, a woman who was uh, had a finance background and Joyce Swanson, and uh, she still lives here on the end, uh, down on the end of uh, Canton Drive. But Bob Morgan owned it at that time. And uh, it was divulged that they weren't going to do anything with the acreage on the north side of the of the property. And it was nasty properties, thorn brush. It was uh, so it was going to take a lot to develop it. So there was some Joyce Swanson, Richard Nehru, Ann Radisi, Dana uh, Ford. These are all people that were there ahead of me that started the ball rolling with this. But then there was some talk about, well, do we want to do this with Morgan owning it? And then that moved the conversation into becoming a rock. We were a year getting into the position to be able to purchase and become a rock. So it was in uh, 2016 when, you know, August is when we closed and became a rock. So it was uh, shortly after that, I sat down with Richard. Because once again, we were looking at, we'd taken a look at expenses. We had a plan for monitoring those expenses. We did, we did jettison some things that were not necessary. But how are we going to make this revenue stream work? So as we um, met with different solar companies, that there was a bid. And RER Energy won the bid. And uh, so they presented you know, their project to us. It just went from there. One of the things that was negotiated, we don't pay for anything. And they said, that's fine. They invested right away with things, uh, permits and different things that were going on. And what was really interesting with this was that the town of Geneseo, we were a pioneer. This is the first solar program that came into uh, the town of Geneseo, not the county of Livingston, but the town of Geneseo. And they hadn't written and, and probably a year before it was brought to the board's attention that we we're going to be heading down this direction. Well, there wasn't anything done. So that kind of set us back when we had our ducks in a row with the energy company. Then it became a reality and the town had to 
town had to start getting things moving and, and getting things to where we could uh, to where we could move forward. It's uh, 58 acres or 40 acres on the backside. This project is actually is a four megawatt system. So they cleared out the 40 acres and the uh, system itself is a little over 18 acres. Ron, let me stop you for a second. For our non-solar expert listeners, can you sort of, you said it's 18 acres. Can you describe this, the system for us? And do you know, for example, how many homes that would power or who's using this power? Give us the skinny on it. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because that was something that was very, very important to us. We're very concerned about our children and our grandchildren and our carbon footprint. However, we did not want this energy, and that was one of the stipulations, to go up into the power grid, the superhighway. We wanted it to stay local. So the RER Energy uh, said, okay, we'll leave it and we'll power 880 homes on a, in the locality and any businesses. And the way it figured up, and I'm talking with Mike Roach, the engineer on it, is what we're doing is we're actually producing 4.7 million kilowatt hours of clean energy every year. So 350 to 400 homes and businesses can benefit from this locally. We don't want it to go outside of where we are. So it's one of those things that, once again, it's the old uh, what's in it for me. Well, we get a 10% discount on our uh, energy bills through the solar energy credits. It's interesting because we just started getting them. And our national grid bill, for instance, usually ran this time of year around $40 a month. We got just got our bill, it was $18. Wow, that's more than 10%, Ron. Yeah, so I don't know how they calculate it, but it's one of those things that, and I've had several of the neighbors come over and, you know, shaking their bill, look at, look at, look at. <laughs> so it's one of those things that it's been a, a great benefit to the community. We've made a statement, and when we went to the, vill- the town board, we made it very, very clear that we wanted to be good neighbors, that everything was done properly. And the Army Corps of Engineers did all of the proper work uh, for the footprint and that the uh, energy and everything stayed right here locally to benefit the local folks. So there's every reason to believe that the homes in Lakeville Village are using this clean energy that's being generated literally in your backyard. Well, we're getting the credits. So if it's not, they got they can just keep paying us. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> when the co-op looked at this project, were there other models of solar that you looked at? I'm not sure. Can you tell us, you know, who does this company own the array? Do you own the array? How is it set up? The energy company, RER, owns the array and they lease the land from us. And we're on a 25 year lease with an option to uh, renew every five years, I believe it is. But it's uh, one of those things that they maintain the whole thing. They built a roadway in there. One of the things that we did negotiate in was that, okay, I mean, I hope I'm here, but if I'm not, that's, that's, you know, whatever. But in 25 years, if they say, okay, kidding, we're done, we actually have a million dollar bond for reclamation. So they have to put it back the way it is. And one of the things that, that I negotiated into that was that they leave the mechanicals. So in essence, we can run our cables so we could actually put homes back there and didn't have to go to the expense of clearing it or putting in the, uh, the underground uh, mechanicals. So we negotiated that in, yeah. What's your expectation, Ron, as you think 
forward that far. What do you expect to happen? I expect green energy is only going to keep growing. And I expect that uh, they're only going to get more and more efficient. Perhaps, you know, I guess in the mindset of Will Rogers, maybe a, a small development or array like this won't go do just 880 homes, but 800,000 is what I'm hoping. But we're on the cutting edge of that. And we're very, very proud of that, that uh, we're looking out for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. That's great. Wonderful, wonderful example. We certainly are are proud of uh, your accomplishment here on behalf of uh, Rock USA Network and real example for other co-ops uh, in the network. Any advice, Ron, for other co-ops that might have some surplus land? What would you be your advice for how they might take a look at the opportunities for themselves? I guess what I would say is pay close attention to how close you are to the feed lines. Now, we happen to have National Grid right next door. So the tie-in was good. So the so the expense for the power companies and the expense for RER Energy was at a minimum because it was, and that's a big deal. If I did have someone call me, and I forgive me, but I can't remember the name or where they were from, and I gave them the number of the engineer, and they did look into it, but they didn't have a tie-in close enough. So that's important, but they're always looking for places for these solar arrays. You know, if you have acreage and enough to be able to uh, put in uh, some sort of an array, I would recommend it. Just make sure that you negotiate everything in up front and and that um, if you can work it to your advantage, do that. As far as mechanicals, I guess, is what I'm saying. Ron, help us put the financials in perspective. You said the co-op's bringing in $17,000 a year in revenue from this? Yes, we get a check for $17,000. I believe it's the 1st of March every year. What is the uh, the homeowner assessment every month? 389 a month. So this is the equivalent of almost 44 additional homes paying in uh, for land that you weren't using. Yeah, yeah. That's astonishing. How has your monthly assessment changed since since you became a rock? Well, it's been stable. There aren't a lot of um, wish list items that are just being done without conversation. And, and let me say this, uh, one of the things that was very, very important on the front end of the solar project, uh, this is from a transparency. I had a list of everyone's name and I walked the community, knocked on every door and had them sign yes or no. It was 100% yes. It's one of those things that we you know, making sure everyone was on board and understanding what the positive effects of this would be. And you are hands off on all of it. There's no maintenance. There's no work to do on it. No, they do everything. That's fantastic. How did the members of Lakeville Village support one another through the coronavirus pandemic? I mean, there are some folks that uh, I've taken meals to, you know, leave them on the front uh, porch. And there are some folks, you know, that some take others to doctor's appointments and and things like that. And one thing that we're really proud of is that it wasn't too long ago that uh, if you remember, there was a rock down in uh, Texas that was wiped out from the flood. We wrote a check and sent it to them to help them. So the the benevolence of this community is is amazing. We do a lot with the food pantries and uh, clothing. You know, they're just uh, folks who who really want to help. And we do look out for one another. Ron, I want to thank you and the the members at Lakeville Village for 
responding to the needs in Texas. Those were the winter freeze-ups that those two co-ops, and and I took note, I actually blogged about the number of co-ops that responded in support of our Texas communities. And, you know, that's 3,000 miles away, but that there's this connection between co-ops, you know, the shared experience of resident ownership. I just, I greatly appreciate you stepping out and being so supportive. We've also been a part of the water cooler talks here locally, John Greenbaum. Well, Molly Snell Larch actually started it. John has taken it over. I've been diligent in the water cooler talks and we've had some wonderful conversations and folks asking questions. And we actually have some of the, uh, I believe it was a, a rock out of uh, Hornell, one of the fellows, Bill there, uh, is coming up to have lunch with me. And we were going to talk about uh, some of the things. See, one of the things that we're looking at right now is the lighting system here, because we pay almost $8,000 a year we don't own. So we asked them to go to an energy efficient lighting uh, light bulb, and they said, no, that's okay, these are good. And that would save us about $1,600 a year, just energy efficiency. So as we do these things and we start taking a look, and Bill, and, and forgive me if that's not his name, but the fellow that, that is coming up to as a, on a tour is um, they're looking at putting in new lighting and a grid there. So it's one of those things that we can help each other out and uh, understand costs and figure it out. So this uh, peer-to-peer networking among co-op leaders and the sharing of information has always been such a big part of the success of resident-owned communities. And it's community leaders like yourself, Ron, sharing yourselves, your own experience, your community's experience, and engaging others. This reminds me, too, of uh, LED Streetlight Project down at... uh, Colonial Estates, Mike, down in Taunton, Mass., they replaced their streetlights. I think they might have been sodium with LED. Ron, the payback was one month. The savings for the, of the electricity paid for the replacement in just one month. You never see a one-month payback on anything. But lo and behold, that's what they accomplished. It's really, when you start to take a a careful, close look at some of these costs, there, there are significant opportunities for savings. Well, when we go line by line and we look at the expenses and see where, where we can squeeze out, you know, it's one of those things that will take it and, you know, make these decisions keep us fiscally responsible. You bet. Well, this has been great, Ron. There are a tremendous number of gems in what you've said today. And I really appreciate you coming on to Ownership Matters and sharing your story, but also your insights into uh, community engagement and all of the many parts of that. And in particular, thank you for drawing such a vivid picture of the solar array and how that's working out for the co-op. I think there's tremendous opportunities for solar in a number of communities, and I'm looking forward to this triggering many more such projects. So, Ron, congratulations on five years of ownership, and uh, thank you to you, and thank you to all the many members up there at Lakeville Village, and best of luck to you going forward. Thank you. As I said, we're a team, and it's not one person, and I'm just, I'm blessed to have the team and the community that works together. You bet. All comes back to teamwork. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks, Ron. Well, Mike, there it is. Our conversation with Ron Palmer, board president at Lakeville Village. What an incredible amount of accomplishment for the co-op up in Lakeville, huh? That really is impressive, Paul. I thought it was powerful 
that they were so committed to installing solar in the first place and then keeping the energy it generates in the immediate community. I mean, I don't know about you, but I got a real charge out of that. And yes, that pun was very much intended. <laughs> uh, great one, Mike. Uh, yeah, I really liked hearing his thoughts on community engagement and getting everyone bought into the decision-making. He said there were 100% uh, agreement around the solar project. And wow, that's impressive and important. Everyone really feels invested in that project. Absolutely. Really, this was just an overall terrific conversation. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Ownership Matters. Is there an uplifting story happening in your community that we should talk about in an upcoming episode? Let us know by sending us an email at ownershipmatters at rockusa.org. That's ownershipmatters at rocusa.org. Thanks, Mike, and thanks, everyone, for joining us. Talk soon. Talk soon.